Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Alessandra Torresani, I'm the host of Emotional Support, and you are re-watching Gossip Girl Season 2, Episode 3, The Dark Knight with us. Welcome back, listeners, to your one and only source into all things Gossip Girl. You know you love it. XOXO. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to XOXO. I'm Jessica Zor. And this week, we're digging into Season 2, Episode 3, The Dark Knight. This is a good one. We have some major drama with Nate, Vanessa, and Catherine's love triangle. Dan and Serena are back together. And there are some steamy Blair and Chuck moments coming up. Oh, and the lights are out the whole time. (laughs) Because why wouldn't they be? (laughs) Joining me to hash it all out, I have my friend Al, or Alessandra Torresani, who I've known for a long time. We met when I was on the show, and she was on Caprica. She's a great actor and a wonderful podcast guest, so I've learned today, and I think you'll agree. Now let's watch The Dark Knight. I'm here. Hi. I was trying to get a little sneak peek video of how cute you look, and then I'm like, get on. Hey, girl. How are you? I wish I could squeeze you. Look how I cute know. you look. I was just thinking the same thing, but like, it's so funny because it's like the white headphones and you're blonde and then I'm like dark and dark. It's like, we're like yin and yang here. I'm kind of loving oh, it. I are love you all it. the way in? Are you in Canada right now? Girl, I am in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And then Brad <laughs> just got like traded. So we're going to Vancouver. That's my favorite city wild. in the entire world. Okay. Tell me everything about it. 
I will tell you everything because I live there. So I know everything. Wait, did, what did you shoot? Caprica was there. Batwoman was there. Lucifer, everything. Like, I've oh done God. everything. <laughs> You're like, I basically am from Vancouver. You're going to be a Canuck. You're going to be a Canuck. That's the <laughs> yes. only thing I know. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. Oh, I'm coming to visit you. <laughs> it's For the best. sure. Okay, I didn't realize, obviously, I know how much you work and how much you've done. I didn't realize all of those shot there. I oh, mean, yeah. you, like, really know Vancouver. Yeah. That's not just like, oh, I went for a month. No, I lived, I had, a, like, a full-blown apartment there in right. um, when we were doing Caprica there. And I've shot, like, two of their pilots there since I was, like, 17. Right. Oh so that, God. for me, feels like home. Right. Like, if, if, like a college home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my God. Cute. Oh my God. I know. I, we just jumped in and got so excited that I didn't even like introduce my lovely, beautiful (laughs) friend and guest here for today. (laughs) So this is Alessandra Torsani. I call her Al and we've known each other for over a decade, maybe going closer to two. I don't even know, which is nuts. (laughs) (laughs) But what we're going to do today, other than like break down an episode and rewatch the dark Knight episode, which is season two, episode three, which I'm super excited about. Yes. I was like sending her some like songs this morning being oh like, gosh. get ready. We were, we were vibing. We're we were vibing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we jump into that and like talk about this episode and Gossip Girl and the whole thing, let's just like let everyone listening like know about you and how we know each other and all the things. Yeah. We obviously just told you that we've been friends for years, <laughs> but I'll let you like talk. So you're tell us where you're from. Ooh, we'll talk well, about when hello. we met. I feel like I want this to be like a dating game, you know? <laughs> Okay. Hi. I'm into it. <laughs> but she also, Al is like one of the, she's so talented. She's super, she's got this like personality that's so bubbly and so fun. And she's funny in like a non-traditional way. Obviously, you're very <laughs> funny in a traditional way and you've done comedies and things like that. But when you're around her, she like throws some stuff at you where you're like, girl, that is like amazing and funny. She loves the dance floor. She um, has a sick style. I mean, I could go on and on and on. But this is just, I want you guys to, because I know you can't see her. You probably, if you don't know who she is, which a lot of you will from a lot of her work, if you, you'll look her up now, but she's beautiful. But I'm trying to give, if you're driving in the car or, you know, not able to look her up a little bit of a vibe of like what What was it like in the early, like 2000s? It was like ASL, like age, sex. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? I think that's what it was. Like, that's what we're trying to give you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to start using that. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you should do. Like, uh, that's how you should open the show every single time. Yeah, ASL. So what's ASL, you know? Yeah. I think that's it. If if it's not it, I'm sorry. And don't don't be mad at me. No, that that. that is age, sex, location. (laughs) And you'd say, like, I'm 23. I'm, you know... A female and oh, I live I'm gonna in New go York with, City. I'm 23. Yes. <laughs> Aww. But you know what's so fun about this show? First and foremost, I'm so excited to be on here. This is so exciting to me because I was such a super fan of Gossip Girl anyway. So it's so fun for me. And then I got to go back and rewatch the show. But the craziest is I auditioned for Blair's character. Right. Wait, I do remember that, but that slipped my mind for yes. a minute. Wow. Okay. So you were connected from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I remember reading the books and my my manager at the time had sent me the books and was like, oh, read the books, like check it out. Was it one or two? I don't remember how many there were. Anyways. And I remember I wanted Blair so badly. Mm. And they're like, oh, even though I think Leighton is my age or maybe even, 
a year younger or something. I looked like such a baby at the time. They're like, oh, she looks like she's like in middle school. I'm like, well, you, t- oh, you always not. look younger. <laughs> you do. Like even yeah. now, you still, you look like what we all did seven years ago. Like you have that kind of thing, which is totally. really I mean, I still thing. play college in my 30s. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm very lucky, but I remember I was so bummed. And then I was like, God, I just wanted to move to New York and like have that <laughs> moment. And so, well, it didn't work, but, but, but it was really, so it was really exciting for me to like watch it and then meet you and then no chase. Yeah. And like the whole, like whole, you know, gaggle of friends that come along with it, you know? And there was like so many crossover. Like not only, I forgot about like you even, I I, I like know the story, but it's been so many years and then you've worked on so many things since, since this time. But like, then we had the same manager for a minute. Then we lived in the same building. And then like you would be on a show and introduce us to like people from like your cast or directors you were working with and vice versa. So there was so many like, so no, there were so many layers, but the, the craziest is that Jess and I met in Monte Carlo. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was thinking, which I think is the best way to introduce. Like, you're like, oh my God, how like cool and sexy and like James Bond is this. But that is how we met. We met at this television festival. Festival? Is that what it was? Yeah. And at the time I was on this show called Caprica who that hadn't even come out yet, but it was the prequel to Battlestar Galactica. So people were aware of kind of like that world, but they didn't know our show. Gossip Girl was prime Gossip Girl. <laughs> like, I mean, it was like hot. I remember the Glee had just started the first yep. season. I think was Vampire, Vampire Diaries yep. like a thing yet? Vampire Diaries. And it was all of us being thrown into Monte Carlo, going to the prince's yacht. And they're like, yeah. here's a gown. Go yes. have, enjoy your, your dinner. Yeah. And, and we were all and representing was, the shows that we were on or about to air and all together. So it was like fun because it was a big, you know, a lot of us were in the same age group or age range. And we were in like south of France or you know, Monaco. Yeah. I mean, it was, and it was beautiful. And everything around us was, we were in the fanciest of hotels yes. and we would just stay up all night and we couldn't believe like what we what, were doing. No one told us what, cause no one told us what we were doing exactly. there. And we were like, this is insane. So do we just stand here? Like what's going on? But that's how you and I met. Yeah. And then we had the same manager and then we ended up living in the same building. Like you were saying, and there were a bunch of us from Monte Carlo that in lived the in building. the same building. I mean, I, and I, for some reason, my mind went to, I remember sitting by the pool on a roof deck mm-hmm. in our building in Hollywood. Yes. And I saw this like cute girl come with this sick bathing suit. I'm like, oh, this girl's got a <laughs> style and a vibe and a whole thing going on. And I look and I'm like, Al? And she, and, and, yeah. but that isn't where we met. I, I knew you because we no. had met in Monte Carlo. Yeah. That city and the, what goes on there could have been, they could have filmed an episode of Gossip Girl there. Let us give you guys a, like a little like vision of this without you seeing it. It is like flashy, money. I think they call it the rich kids playground. Well, it's the richest country in the world, I think, because it's only, I believe, a couple square miles. And so, and it's where everyone goes. It's where the biggest casinos are. Like, I remember we walked into a casino. I think we were with Zach Levi. We were. And Zach Levi was like going to gamble. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to gamble tonight. And they're like, oh, starting like like bid, it's like $10,000. And he's we're like, like, that's uh, funny. Okay. <laughs> we're like, bye. <laughs> Which full circle, he did. Josh Schwartz's other show, Chuck. 
to go full circle of like. I didn't know that Chuck was a Josh was yeah one of his. Wow, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh my gosh! And Chuck was at its prime during that yes. whole time when we were in Monte Carlo too, and so he was like a superstar, and yeah. we were just like I didn't know who we didn't know who anyone was. We were just like this is fun. It's like summer camp. But what's also funny. I remember saying to Josh or something, I'm like, what is with you and the name Chuck? You got like Chuck Bass here. You got a show called Chuck. I'm That's like, right. Because you didn't really ever hear that name very much. I mean, you still right. don't. It's very right. unique. And But I'm like, you have two shows that are like based around f- Chucks. Chucks. Maybe like he wished his name was Chuck. Maybe. You know? <laughs> or maybe his arch enemy was Chuck. And so he was like, one day I'm going to write a show about a Chuck yeah, that's like exactly. goofy and like, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. For sure. And I actually auditioned for that show. For Chuck? Which I don't know how that makes sense because I obviously I didn't know. get it. <laughs> because, well, because I was on Gossip Girl. So I don't. But you know what? Could it have been after Gossip maybe. Girl? I mean, yeah. I mean, the amount of auditions. I mean, that's like in a, in and of itself, the amount of auditions and right. weird situations we've been in. And and oh, oh my god, wow, it's it's a, crazy. That's a whole other podcast. I do feel like too for everyone like listening that we've done so many have had so many conversations on here on XOXO about that. Like yeah. Sebastian was breaking down his audition process, and Chase was getting into stuff. And I think it's really neat for you all to hear because. Sometimes we don't take walks in, in other people's professions. Like, I don't really right. know how it is to be a chef or an accountant or any of that. Right. And then when you sit right. down with someone over a glass of wine or a coffee and they explain their day, you're like, whoa, you, you, you see it in a different lens yeah. and respect it a lot more. And yeah. maybe not fully understand it, but you get a different, like, you know, kind of see it in a different light. Totally. So I think it's really cool for you guys to kind of also know that all of a sudden when you see someone's great performance, like Alessandra and all of her shows – there's so much that went into that to get it, to get the pilot get picked up, to go back on the callbacks. It's it's not, you know, you just see the finished project wrapped up with a bow and you're like, oh my gosh, people have no idea. I mean, exactly. the amount of times that I have tested for shows, I tested for eight shows one time and didn't get one of them, one pilot, like in like a pilot season. Right. And, and, and you're just like, how, you know what I right. mean? Like the odds, you know, you're mm-hmm. like, really? Like why even waste my time and get me excited? You know, I always tell this story on my show that one time, and I like still like have like so much traumatic stress from it. So I talk about it, but one time I didn't get a role. I was probably 15 or 16. I tested for a pilot. Because at the time, the head of the network, I reminded him of a young version of his ex-wife and he couldn't possibly be watching. And I was like, I was 16 years old. But my energy reminded him of his ex-wife who he had just divorced and hated. And he was like, I will not allow her to be on the show. And they, the the producers told me that. Right. And Mm. I was like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like it's absolutely crazy. That it's truly talent and luck is really what it is, you know. Because, <laughs> and just keep going, just keep pushing because and a lot just of times, pushing. Yeah, I mean, if if the amount of times a lot of actors are told no or don't get the job, you give up. I mean, there'd be no actors. <laughs> there would be no entertainment. No, there would be no one. The funniest thing this morning, randomly, it like came up on my like popular page on Instagram or something, and it was a quote from Margot Robbie who who was talking about Sebastian and was saying how she thought, oh my God, what a find. This guy's going to blow up after I, Tanya. Like, what an incredible find. And she goes, I had no idea that he was the hot guy from Gossip Girl and from the Marvel movies. Like, <laughs> but it, that's just the irony, right? 
like people don't right. know, like you go in and you're like, oh, I, I'm just coming off this hot show or I'm coming off this great right. movie and people don't care or they right. just aren't even aware, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like starting over all over again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exhausting. And you're like, have to talk yourself into it. Like, okay, yeah, all I can do is give it my all, stay positive, you know, yeah. have fun. And then you're like, and you didn't pushing. get it. And you're like, oh, damn it. I know. <laughs> okay. So tell us where you're from and then yes. let's talk about the shows you've done and yes. then we'll get into this rewatch and breakdown because I'm <gasps> super excited to do this with you. This is going to be a good one. Uh-huh. Um, well, I am originally from the Bay Area, but I've been in LA since I was nine. So I would call LA home. That feels the most home to me. Yes, I think, I mean, that's where I think you're from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would. I feel like when you go to like middle school or high school somewhere, that's kind of like where you're from. Like not, you know, when you're like a baby, you know? So for me, this is this is my, my, my home, my fancy yeah. little home. I love it. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I've been acting forever and doing it and still doing it and loving every single moment of it. And so it's yeah. been, it's been really a journey. Really great. Yeah. <laughs> So, so she's obviously you guys so talented. Worked with a ton of people, some of the best in the industry, and and some of the and worst. we just have so much fun. <laughs> some of the worst, and we have so much fun together. And we've had like a group of friends that all have you know been a part of each other's lives for years. So all of a yeah. sudden, we were just like texting the other day, and I'm like, we need to do this, and she agreed, and I'm going to go on her podcast and all the fun stuff. So let's get into this. Yes. It is um, season two, episode three. It's The Dark Knight. So here's where we left off. Blair caught Catherine and Nate in the library. Ooh. Getting real steamy. <laughs> so she has blackmail on Catherine. Nate's family's possessions and home were seized, and he accepted money from Catherine to help his family. But he ended up ditching Vanessa to do so. Poor Vanessa. Poor man. Vanessa really gets it. Really gets it. She like, does. I'm like, come on, very wah-wah all the time. I'm like, <laughs> my God, poor girl. <laughs> I know. Um, Blair is still with Marcus, and Chuck still wants to break them up. Serena and Dan have privately decided to get back together, but haven't really told anyone yet. So that's where we left off. So now we're going to go into this episode. It is, the episode title is based on The Dark Knight, the movie that came out in 2008 starring Christian Bale and Heath Ledger, so which is cool. an amazing movie. Oh, the best. <laughs> and so here's the log line for this, this episode, which I'm so excited. Okay, so Blair questions the lack of passion in her relationship with Marcus, while at the same time, Chuck appears to have lost his passion for every woman other than Blair. Meanwhile, Nate struggles between his feelings for Vanessa and his complicated relationship with Catherine. Jenny risks losing her internship with Eleanor when she catches her crossing the line. Stuck in an elevator due to the blackout, Dan and Serena talk about their relationship and land on a surprising decision. Okay, so... The anxiety of the elevator is just the biggest problem for me. Oh, my God. And I'm a little claustrophobic. I would have freaked. I would have freaked out. I was like, where is she going to pee? Like, (laughs) what are you going to do? How are you going to breathe? Okay, so the episode opens up with the Lights Out song by Santa Gold, which we were oh. jamming out to this morning. And you know what's so wild about that is that the one thing that I will say always with with Gossip Girl, it was the best music. It oh. truly was the best music. And I remember like before even I think Shazam, like they would release afterwards like what the songs were like in the right. credits. And I remember I would constantly be like downloading or like finding the albums yeah. because they found the best music. 
They did. And it would go from like one, like, you know, very upbeat, happy one to one kind of somber, like, you know, making you all the vibes, all the feels. And this one definitely opened up this episode with like the, all the cars passing and all the fashion and people walking around shopping and getting coffees. It It was New York City at its prime and and all the things. And you see Dan and Serena making out in the streets. Okay, let's talk about this. (laughs) You and I both had relationships and made out in a lot of streets in my day. I hear you, girl. But let's talk about making out in New York City. It doesn't even have to be the summer and all that. If you make out in the streets of New York City, it's like the most romantic thing. Whether there's snow, whether it's hot, there's just something. Whether it's a thousand degrees and humidity and you're sweating like like profusely, it is sexy. It, there's something. The I don't know if the roman- it's so romantic because of all the movies you see and all the relationships, you know, the happy endings in all these films. But if you have not made out with someone in New York, you guys, you need to go to New York and make out somewhere oh, on the street. Just grab a stranger. Grab a stranger and do it. Yeah. Just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With that, speaking of Dan and Serena making out. Okay. I got to tell you, this going back and forth with these two, like, are we? should we be together? Should we not? It's like, okay. At first, I'm like, okay, I care and I don't care. Now I'm like, I really don't yeah. give a shit if you guys are together or not. <laughs> I really don't care. I mean, care. if you're acting like you're Beyonce and... <laughs> Jay-Z and going back and forth every other scene, I'm like, no one cares anymore. No one cares. I mean, we want them to be happy whether it's together or not. But like, if you guys have one more scene talking about should we not or should we, I I had to, I almost wanted to fast forward at one point. I'm like, there's no way they can say it again. I almost wanted to tell Serena, like, Serena, maybe you shouldn't get involved with this guy because he turns out to be a serial killer in another show. (laughs) And, like, he's probably going to kill you. So, like, let's let's stop stop right now and move on. Like, move on. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, I I feel like in in season one when they got together, there was, like, a chemistry and a spark, obviously, that you were like, oh, it's kind of, you know, because they come from two different kind of paths and, and sides of the tracks. Well, here's a question I have for you that I thought about when we were when, when I was watching it. Were they dating at the time during the second season? I believe so, but I just I don't know all the timing then. I feel like by second season, I think we were all dating. But you can't quote me on that because it's been so long. No, but I no because I wondered because I was like, oh, I wonder if this was all like. Because obviously, you know, for those who are listening who don't know, like writers take, yes, they have storylines, right? But they also take what's kind of happening in real life, you know? And so I wondered if there was a little bit, little bit something there. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to, I don't, I don't even know the timeline of that. But um, yeah, so that they're going back and forth about that. And then, so Vanessa then calls Jenny to ask about, because Nate's being all weird. Now, when Vanessa asked Jenny out, is it desperate if I call? Like, let's be honest, you guys, we've all been in the beginning of relationships, trying to make it work, wanting them to think we're the coolest person on the planet. Even if you are, we are. I feel like you get to a point, you're like, I'm not playing games anymore. But I really, truly feel like everyone plays games a little bit in the beginning. Meaning like, oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Like 100% it's games. My, uh, like, my now husband who just knows and was with, like, when I, like, met yes. him. Um, literally, like, I played games with him nonstop, like, at the beginning. Like, as if I didn't care. Right. And I wasn't, like... Where are you, sir? Excuse me. Like, why have you not called me? It's six in the morning. Right. right. You know, like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, she's like, should I call Nate? And at first in the beginning, sometimes you don't because you want to act like you're not bothered or you don't miss yeah. him or you don't want to see him. And then you get to an age, you guys, where you're like, like when I met Brad at Coachella, the same as Al, where she 
rekindled or kind of, because that wasn't the first time you guys met. But Rekindled. No, the first time we met was at, was at uh, Diana and Jenna's Halloween oh party. Wild. Fun. That was fun. But you were on a plane with my husband and that's how yeah. we got reintroduced. <laughs> it was so how weird. Funny. Anyways. So like- Neither here nor there. (laughs) I just feel like sometimes in the beginning, you know, you don't make the call because you're like, I don't want them to think I'm desperate, like Vanessa's saying. But at the end of the day, it's like sometimes it's like acting. Like, what do you have to lose? A job you don't have? What do you have to lose? Like, he's not my boyfriend and he's already being weird. Just call Nate, Vanessa. You know what I mean? Well, (laughs) that's how I feel. And I feel like we learn that as we get older, where it's kind of like- you know what? If you're not going to do, I'd rather not waste another day of my life and waste my time. Like either you're into it or not. So like man up or like, let's move along. Like let's keep going. So I think that that was like a great idea. And I think I totally, on a side note, forgot that there was anything between you and Chase's character, like (laughs) by any, I, I did not know there was like a Nate, like Vanessa situation. I had totally blocked that out. So when I'm rewatching, I'm like, no, this didn't <laughs> happen, did it? Like, no way. They're like best friend. No, you know, but I love the relationship of, of, you know, it was just really cute. Like you and, and, and anyways, I just loved it. Oh, thanks. It is cute. It's like to Vanessa I'm, when I'm watching, cause a lot of, I haven't seen a lot of the show. So doing these rewatches have been so fun because I'm like, oh my God, such a trip. Yeah. It is. And then, you know, seeing other scenes that I had read years ago in the scripts, but like, you know, I am feeling bad for Vanessa in the sense of like she's she's there to help Rufus with the gallery and she's here to help Nate with his family. And then she kind of gets the short end on the stick. But like you can only yeah. keep getting the short end of the stick so many times. And then you got to put your foot down, girl, because it is too much sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's like Vanessa. No, but, wah, wah. but Vanessa's kind of the heart of the show. Oh, that's so sweet. And I, I do feel that sometimes when I'm like, girl. No, but it's true. <laughs> Okay, so what do you think about, like, Nate and Chuck's whole situation with, like, getting the money for for Nate's family? Like, would you, like, let's say this was you and Jenna, your best friend, and her family needed it. I mean, you would do it. Would I sleep with an older man for money? (laughs) Would you stay? (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I meant. Maybe. maybe, Yeah, why not? Sure. (laughs) Why not? No, I honestly, I think that, that, yes, I I understand. I never realized that Nate had such a hard time and there was, I had such like, like empathy, like sympathy for him. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Like, wow, he has to keep this facade going up that he's super wealthy. And if he doesn't do this and then, then, and then you learn at the end with the dad and all this stuff. So yeah, I think that I love, I love scenes with Ed and Chase. (laughs) I think that they do them so beautifully together because it's so like the difference between the two of them. You're just like, oh my God, like the good, like, like Ken and then like the evil Ken, like, and then like, here comes in a flight attendant and you're just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Aw. Well, and it also goes to like, kind of show you Because a lot of times, like, growing up with the amount of money that they all have, when you don't grow up that way, you kind of not fantasize. And I can't speak for everyone. I'm saying, like, I grew up very middle class. We didn't, you know, we didn't have money to get Prada bags and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with people that that's awesome. But when you don't have things like that or they fly private or they, you know, limos to school or, you know, head to toe are in designer stuff that costs more than what my family made in a month that they just randomly wear one day to school, like no big deal. 
in my mind, even when I first moved to LA and I would hang out with these kids that went to Campbell Hall and all that kind of stuff or drive, you know, a $80,000 car. I'm like, I don't, what? It's a different world and it's a different way of living. So like when you're watching it and understanding that like they have like their lawyers on speed dial and stuff, it's like a totally in, in my brain or for most people that watch the show, identity, right. And it's all they know. It's their identity and they don't know exactly. They don't know any different. And you know, I went to a really nice private school and there were definitely kids that we knew that had so much money, like money you couldn't even believe. It's like Gossip Girl money where you went. Like right? Gossip Girl money, yeah. right. Yeah. And like private school and and then out of nowhere, like it disappears and then there's nothing, right? So like we have seen that before. Like I've experienced that. Like we, you were saying my best friend, Jenna, the same thing. Like we've we've literally seen that with our eyes mm-hmm. where for, for me, like my identity was always like, oh, well, I'm an actress. You know what I mean? And like Jenna, like I'm like, Into you know, designer. Yeah. I'm like this. I'm cool. I'm like this. But there were a lot of kids that didn't have anything else going for them. And it wasn't their fault, but it was just the way that they were brought up where it's like, oh, no, you buy the newest bag. Oh, no, you drive the newest car. You only fly private. And then when that disappears, then who are you as a human? Right. You know what I mean? And when a lot of times when it's kids and how other what other way would it be? It's not like they're working for it. I'm not saying that someone doesn't deserve a nice no. bag. I don't mean that. But all of a sudden you're 18, 19, go to sc- school. Or younger. Yeah. That's wild. Younger. Yeah. That's that that to me is like unbelievable. So when I when I watch Gossip Girl and I like see like how Nate like you know loses the money and all this stuff, I'm like, I knew kids like that where it was they would do anything to keep the the facade that they had the money still going because that's all they knew. Right. And and what were they gonna do? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And do you think know. there's like something like deeper in the writing that Nate has this affair with Catherine, that there's like a disconnect with his relationship with his mom or something because, Oh yeah. I, there's issues. gotta be. Yeah. When I was watching, I'm like, there's something there. They did this for a reason, not just the money because Chase also out of that whole group, not Chase, sorry, Nate rather. Nate. Yeah. He really is always trying to do the good thing too. Like when he talks to Jenny about like all the, you know, the whole click up there. He's like, well, look at what they did to Blair. They could do this to you or Vanessa. Don't do this to Vanessa. Like he really has a- He's very sweet. Yes. Yeah. He's very kind. Right. So I can't like picture Nate, you know, being like, I'm going to like mess with this older woman and her family just because he's like, it must be like a, you know, I don't know. That's like a question for the writers. No, I think that- well, for sure. But I think it's definitely, you know, you can go back to, you know, mental health and go back to, well, it must be family issues and mommy issues and craving that attention and also wanting to do anything to prove his love and loyalty to his family. You know right. what I mean? And not wanting to break up a family and not lose the only yeah. unit that he has. And, you know, and that there's like a whole nother layer to that where it could be because like, Let's be honest in you, how you are with your mom, you know, your mom and how yeah. I am with my fa- yeah. like family. I- I'd do anything. Oh, I would do anything. We're so close to our moms. Like, yeah. you would do, you would do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you're like, yeah, well, no, if I wear those sense. shoes, maybe. <laughs> I would definitely sleep with an older man just for the money. Like, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> um, so, yes, I, I do agree with you with the Nate and Chuck scenes. Because there's also, like, some sort of, like, 
the comedy for me, and maybe it's you see this too because we know them or have been around them. So it's like when Chuck is so serious and Nate's confused and they're, they're this and I'm like, and then the accent and I'm like, okay, let's just like the night before we were probably eating sushi and like Ed couldn't have been like having a thicker accent and Chase is making us laugh, like singing Nickelback or something. So sometimes it's like I have to like check out to be like, okay, this is like a real scene right now. This is a real show, you know? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about um, Catherine's being quite the like feisty, like she's not, it's it's her way or no way basically, or she's like down. I mean, she's like, there's like a bit of a little evil there to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys work together other than the scene that was in this? I don't remember um, because you guys have a big scene together. Yeah. Um, We were on set together a lot of the days. You know how that crosses over like her scene would be before mine. I don't, I believe that's the only one in this. And then we worked together on Twin Peaks because she's a phenomenal actress as well. She's incredible. She's great. Twin Peaks is the best. Yeah. But you guys had a great dynamic. You guys have a great dynamic in that scene where it's just like so powerful. And it's just like, and it's so funny because they're like, oh, she's an older woman. I'm like, she doesn't look that old. (laughs) She really doesn't. When I'm watching, I'm like, yo. (laughs) But oh my God, but everyone looks, but you forget like how long ago that was because everyone does look like babies. You know what I mean? You really do look like high school, you know? Yeah. But that's such a cool scene in the dining room with you two. Like I was like, oh. Yeah, I like candlelight. I remember. (gasps) Oh, it was good Um, lighting. It was a nice scene, and there was like a dynamic in it in a way where, like, I kind of show that I like Nate so much that I'm willing to, I love him so much or like him so much that I'm willing to, like, walk away so he doesn't get hurt, which is what you do when you love someone. But it's wild because it's like this woman's married is like toying with him, has money to just do whatever. And it's basically like she just doesn't actually give a shit at all. She's selfish and it's her way and that's what's up. And it's wild. I mean, when I think about it, I'm like some sort of evil. She's literally sleeping with a minor. (laughs) So it's like you're already got some issues there. And then you go, this is some weird Mrs. Robinson shit. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I love this. But I also think those two in the scenes together are great. Like, Oh my god. Machen and Chase, like Nate and Catherine, they it's like they it's so yeah, awkward, it's like, but it's like there's yeah. tension but that's there. Because they're but, doing so good. Yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah. steamy. Steamy. <laughs> the show was really steamy. I forgot how steamy it was. <laughs> okay. What do you how is what do you feel like with the Chuck Blair and Marcus situation? With Chuck Blair and Marcus, I have so many or, thoughts. Or well, Chuck and Blair. I am like team Chuck Blair all day, every day. They can do no wrong to me. You know what I mean? In in that situation, I thought Marcus, I was like, I kind of get it. Like the guy doesn't want to physically be with Blair. Like, come on. Like, what's the problem? Okay, let me ask At you At some this. point. If like, you're, you're like talking with someone. No, you're dating. Not even talking. They're fully talking. dating. I they're get like it. fully in a relationship. Yeah. Yes, you're in a relationship. If you're trying to get like down with your dude or your girl or whoever he you're dating. says no. You guys. And he says no or she says no or whatever. What? I mean, I'm pissed. Okay. I I'm would like, feel you- so rejected. I would feel so <laughs> ugly. I would feel like disgusting. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Like, what's the problem here? Like, I don't care about your accent or your title. Like, I'm a right. hot piece of young I'm ass. Hot. Come and kiss you know? me and make me feel Thank you. Feel good. <laughs> Give me love. But I love that, that that no matter what, like, I and I wonder, I would love to talk to the writers about this. Like, this is a, a whole other thing, but maybe you'll have some insight. But I love mm-hmm. how they made 
Chuck and Blair's relationship like the steamiest. Like I think people would think that it would be like Serena and Dan, like their situation would be like, you know, but theirs was always like very like, oh, like it's cute, but like, eh, it's very like hipster granola. I want to see the like hot, sexy moments between Blair and Chuck. And just the scene in this, in this whole episode where it's like black, like, like dark black. And then there's <laughs> and the light of the silhouette of the, of the window. And they're like making out. And she's like, I didn't know that it was him. I thought it was you. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And that's okay. <laughs> you know what Chuck's tongue tastes like, feels like. That's right. You Don't know, lie, You Blair. know who this is. Don't lie, okay? <laughs> okay. Come on now. Yeah. But, I, but, but they really, the writers always made it this like really beautiful love story. Even mm. though it was very, really naughty, there was something that was so much more romantic about them than I ever felt Dan and Serena, ever. Yeah, there really was. They really did a good job with it. And you always kind of, you know, I've said this so many times. You listeners are probably like, we get it, Jess. But there's, you fight for them, even when they're doing the gnarly stuff. And they're like, too, like, they're out to get people together. And you never, you know. It's a very, like, Bonnie and Clyde type relationship. But you know Uh how you were like, you know how you were saying earlier in the episode how you were like, oh, we're we're just, like, over, like, are Dan and Serena, like, going to talk about getting, like, I feel like all they do is talk and no one wants to see you talk. Like, no one wants to see that. We want to see, like, Blair and and Chuck, like, just, like, not talk and get it on. That's the content we're looking for. (laughs) Exactly. And obviously Serena's beautiful and Dan's beautiful, but it's like, we we know that. So, yeah, give us... (sighs) Give us a little. Um, how about when, and this is actually quite funny. You know the three little minions in the oh, Central Park? How cute are they? Yes. But think about this. How, they've, they're probably like in high school now. Maybe graduated. In high school? I think they're like 30. We might have to look it up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they have like kids and stuff. Do you know who I actually thought one of them was? The one girl who, who has the most lines. I had to Google because I thought it was that actress, Catherine Newton. I don't know okay. if you know her. Yeah, I know of her. She was in Big Little Lies. Um, yes. And she's the Reese Witherspoon's daughter and in Freaky. She's adorable. I just, I think she's fantastic. But I was like, oh my God, that looks that like her? a young Catherine Newton. I looked it up. It wasn't her, but it was one of those moments where you were like, it, there's no way. And then you're like, oh, well, it could be because she is 23. So that would make sense. <laughs> And I'm like, oh right. my God. Like, but they were so cute. They were but so cute. But I love cute. how Dan's like, come down. And they're like, she's like, shoo, shoo. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> and how, too, how about like, this is getting more like, you know, behind the scenes, but like that when they're walking in Central Park with all the trees, how beautiful was that shot? Oh I'm like, gosh. yo, that's like, that's so literally, I can't imagine what it was like shooting Gossip Girl in all of these locations because it really, it was like Sex in the City where, where, Truly, New York was its own character in yeah, the show. Definitely. And just being a part of it and and just the shots of Essex House and like all these cool things. It's just really cool. I think that there must have been so many people that moved to New York after Gossip Girl, like in the younger generation, because they were so that, I mean, for me, like watching Sex in the City, I was like, I need to be in New York. Like that's why I wanted to be in New York. But I'm sure like the younger generation was like, oh my God, Gossip Girl, like look at how beautiful everything is. You know, they also made Brooklyn yeah. seem like it's like really cheap and poor to live in. And Brooklyn is like so yeah, expensive. Like- <laughs> It is so expensive. I actually like, Dan's dad's apartment is like ten million dollars so, now. So I'm not sure. quite sure. <laughs> for 
sure. Also, one of um one of the casts bought a place in Brooklyn while we were filming. And I remember being like, yo, that's like wild and and risky, but not like it's also super smart because it's it's growing and growing and growing. They were very smart to do that because yeah. now it's probably tripled in price and yeah. everyone wants to move to Brooklyn. Everyone wants to be in Brooklyn. Yeah. It's so brilliant. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah. but when I watched this, I watched the real estate. I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah. And you know, like when the building that we lived in Hollywood, I was like wanting something like that because it's yeah. such a New York vibe. Yeah. Like, it felt like New York. Open, lofty. Yeah. We were yeah. right in downtown Hollywood and it was fun and like you could walk you everywhere walk to the and movies, you walked to the grocery walk to store, the, you know, everything. Yeah. Grocery store. Yeah. It was awesome. Okay. So, now we're at Blair's party and there's a blackout, which happens. Has that ever happened? Uh, it ha- Have you ever been in something? Like- I've never been in a blackout in New York. I've been in a blackout in um, the East Coast, like in Boston, Ooh. randomly, but it wasn't like in the city. It was like in Martha. Actually, it was Martha's Vineyard. So it. And I think it was oh, a hurricane. You, I don't know. It, no, Chuck I wasn't. Bass I wasn't was ever. I, yeah, Chuck Bass was with me. I, I didn't know who it was I was making out with. <laughs> but no, I have not been in a New York City blackout. But that's like a real thing. Girl, it's so crazy. I I did the movie with, you know, Miles and yes. Kid and yes. Anna Lee. Yes, I remember. We did this movie called Two Night Stand. And, and Sandy hit. And Two Night Stand is a movie with you guys with Miles Teller. Kid Cuddy or Scott McCuddy, yes, which Scott. we've known for years yeah. and we love. love. Um, <laughs> and Miles is great too. And um, and Annalie is great. Yes. So it was just the four of us, basically. It was almost like, it was kind of wild. But that's it was like literally a play almost, that, that movie, I think. It was like a play. Yeah. Yes. It is about, you know, you go on a date and, and instead of having a one-night stand, it turns into a two-night stand because we get locked in because of the snow. Right. Well, go figure. We're shooting this little indie in New York City and Sandy hits and it shuts down most of the city. It was wild. Kid and I had to like get a hotel with my assistant at the time. And like you could go if it was above, I think, 23rd Street. Right. The the electricity didn't go right. off. But everywhere we were filming was below that. And it's not even about the filming, you guys. No. There was like people having to go to the hospital and kids, you know, the heat wasn't working and all of that. So it has it nothing was, to do even it was really do about the filming. That was I remember. It was just wild and crazy. And it was like the irony after, you know, everything got back to you know, up and running, we were like, how weird is it that the movie got shut down with Sandy when it was shut down about a yeah. snowstorm? It, it was just yeah. ironic, but it was super crazy. Yeah. It's happened in New York, you guys, you know, more than once. And it's a wild situation. Oh, anyway, so, so, so it's it a real happen. problem it's, that they wrote about on Gossip Girl is what we're saying. Yes. <laughs> we're legitimizing And not it. everyone in New York City gets <laughs> candles like Blair Waldorf. No, like casting them no. Out. I was like, <laughs> pretty long Wow, where candles. did she get these taper candles from? Like out of nowhere, like as if she's Marie Antoinette. She's like, Dorota. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Also on a side note, I never realized how crazy good the casting is between she and her mom on the show. They oh look exactly alike. So good. And how, and she's a great actress as well. Incredible and actress, and but banter. just like the looks, you're just like, oh my gosh, yes. you could see Layton as an older woman looking in like her. her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I actually, there must've been something with colors or something in the episode we watched. Cause it, it happened like two times yeah. where I'm like, whoa. Right. Um, okay. So the blackout happens. Vanessa ends up showing up. Now, what do you? What would you do in Vanessa's shoes? Do you say screw it? This older woman is nuts, and like, I don't owe you anything, so I'm gonna, I'm not breaking up with Nate because I care about him. Or do you do what's best for Nate 
walk away from everything, be heartbroken. Like, I mean, I know it's a mix, but like you guys, for real, put yourself in Vanessa's shoes. That's like a difficult decision. I think I would have done what you did. What Vanessa did. Yeah. Yeah. Because at some point, you know, I think that there's a lot of, a lot of like things that we could talk about. Like, first of all, I would have the insecurity of, I'm not, you know, ever going to be part of this world and I don't know how I'm going to be part of this world. And so that's going to be really strange for me to fit in. How can I compete with an older woman? I was so intimidated, especially when I was younger by older people, like older women specifically. And I still feel that way. Someone that comes at you like that. Oh my God. I wouldn't know even what to do in that situation. I would be so nervous. Like I would not have the balls to like go and like have this conversation and be like, let's talk. You know, I I would be like, okay. Take him, you know? <laughs> and I, I think that I would also be like, uh, whatever he needs to do, he needs to do. And I know it's selfish, but I'm also not wanting to sacrifice myself for him, you know, at the same time of being like, I'm not going to sacrifice, you know, me not being able to fit in and my, my unhappiness and my getting bullied by these people just for this one guy and he could show up and stand up and be more of a man. And I I think that there's like a lot that, that goes on, but I think what Vanessa did was the right thing. It makes it less sticky. It makes it a less sticky situation. Yeah. And it's kind of like, had she not done that? Yeah. It's less sticky. If if she says something, it's like, uh, Nate's family is on the line. Catherine's marriage is on the line. It makes Vanessa feel like shit. You know what I mean? She really is. Do- she can walk away with her like head held high. How old are you supposed to be? Seventeen, probably. Yeah. Like the responsibility <laughs> of a seventeen-year-old of being like, oh, if I end, the- if I create this relationship and I start going, like this older, you know, thirty-some-year-old woman is going to come after me. The family is yeah. going to come after me. The dad's going to jail. Like that's a lot of pressure for a seventeen-year-old. Yeah. Just, just go, Vanessa. Let's 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 just leave the candle. Over, go back the- over the bridge. Go back to Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so now we're getting to... And how do you feel about Jenny with, with like, the whole Eleanor and all this stuff? Because she obviously has a super talent. Like, Al's Al's best friend, one of my dear friends, Jenna, is very into fashion. She's really talented. talented. And actually... Johnny Mujek is coming on after you. What? Who's also beautiful. Who's my neighbor too, which is so funny. <laughs> like literally I can see his house. Like I'm going to like go over there. Oh my God, that is amazing. I can't wait for him to be on this show. Yeah. And he's so into fashion. So I'm saying we've, we've are in a world, Al and yes. I, with a lot of talented people in the fashion industry. Yep. So to watch Jenny as this young girl with all this like talent and her eagerness and her her discipline and all the things that she's just trying to do to do her passion is so beautiful and lovely. And any of you that are listening that are, you know, younger in high school and you have this passion, that's, there's a real testament to what they wrote for Jenny in this show with how she doesn't give up and she, she fights in this world that she can't ever seem to really fit in fully either, but she like grinds and does it because of, yeah, because of how much she loves fashion and, and all the things. And, but how do you feel like, how do you feel about that? Like, oh, think I think that she is the best. I am like, I, I, I am such a fan of Jenny. And I think that she knows how to kind of position herself in a way where she's being honest about how she feels about things, but in a really nice way. Like she, she's not conniving. She's not mean. She's not conniving. She's, she's just truthful, you know? And, and, and I yeah. think that's why people respond so well to her. Right. And it's not like a naive thing no. because she knows what's up. It's just, it's like you said, she really is 
coming from, it's coming from a good place. It's coming from a totally good place. And I think that that's why Eleanor, right? That's the mom's name, Eleanor. Yep. Yep. I, I think that's why Eleanor really ends up having such a soft spot and like a nice like moment with her towards the end, you know what I mean? Where they're working together towards the end, you know, continuing the fashion and really listening to her because she knows that the girl is talented, but she's not like a bitch by any means. It's not like she's like, no, this is ugly. This is awful. This looks like a pilgrim. Like, no, she's, she's very kind and complimentary and apologetic, you know, almost to a fault sometimes probably, you know, but I think that the way that they, they create her character is she's strong and she's a, she's a badass like female, but she knows when to take a moment and kind of take a step back and 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 mm-hmm. be in the background and not be the star. Yeah, yeah. It's like when Laurel she kind of works my nerve a little bit. That works for Eleanor, yeah. and she's like very rude to Jenny so and mean. kind of feel it. Yeah, she like thinks her own shit don't stink. Yeah. I'm like, girl. Back it up, back Come it down. up, back it up. And that also means that the actor playing her, Michelle Hurd, is great. Is obviously killing it because she really yeah. works my nerve when she gets yeah. on the screen. Like she's like, Do you remember Cinderella when oh, the yeah. mice and did she her dress? The cartoon? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Calm down. Do not compare Jenny Humphrey to a mouse. Okay, Laurel. <laughs> Thank you. Because it's rude. Thank you. Thank you. She's <laughs> not the mouse. Oh man. Okay. So then this blackout is still going on and we're back to Serena and Dan in the elevator with Oof. this big fight sweating for about them. the same thing. I can't even make this shit up. Yeah. We're having the same conversation. Well, let's just talk about the fact that Dan <sighs> tried to hop out of the elevator and go out <laughs> the top and then he fell. I mean, he fell like 12 feet, I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> he acted like nothing was wrong. Bitch, you broke a rib cage, okay? Like, <laughs> let's not act you like something. you are in pain. You are screaming oh. right now. <laughs> that was a far drop. <laughs> and he's like, I'm fine. And I'm like, you're not fine. Sit down. You're not. Um, and also, <laughs> like. So true. Like, say her name. We are trying to get out of the elevator. Put your ego aside. You know, she is a Vander Woodson or whatever it is. Like, 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 let's get it going. Okay. Get out of the elevator. You know that. And also, it's not a big deal that she was like, he, the, the most frustrating part of that entire fight was I understand like, you know, oh, he's supposed to be from the other side of the block and like supposed to be poor and she's the rich girl and like, you know, she uses her name to get places, but like she lives in the building. Like, of course yeah. they're going to rescue her. Name. It is nothing to Say do. Say her name, bitch. Say her name. It is not an <laughs> ego. It is not like, oh, because she's Serena. No, she lives in the building. Like, that is why she's getting rescued. Like, put put the <laughs> ego aside, Dan. Like, go murder someone on you, okay? Like, go, go somewhere else. Like, leave Serena alone. My God, it's not her oh fault. God. She's perfect. Uh, yeah, it's true. <sighs> but... <laughs> I was just like, I can't believe this topic is coming up again. Again. Anyways. I almost fast forward. I know. I have to be honest. I was I like. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. But I could watch. But, but, but here we go. I could watch Blair and Chuck, like, do this, like, are we, are we not thing over and over and over again and never get bored. Well, right. Well, they would have had sex in the elevator. Blair and Chuck would have. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. 
You know, that's the, oh, that's the, the, the moment I was looking for. I honestly thought there was a part, I forgot what the line was, but, but Serena's like, like looking down and he's like, what? She's like, nothing, you know? And I thought she was going to be like, I have to pee. Cause that would have been my thought. I'm like, let's make this a little realistic. Like you've been in the elevator. She probably was like rushing out of the house. Like this is very uncomfortable. Like let the girl breathe and like use the restroom. Right. Like she's tired, oh my you God. know? <laughs> what happened to me once in Sam's building in New York. Yes. I got stuck in an elevator. And I, you guys, when I say this, I'm not kidding. I'm a little claustrophobic. Even sometimes in the studio, I'm like, I got to make, okay, the window's there, the door's there. I'm like a little bit like. Yeah, I'm very claustrophobic. So I get stuck. I have service on my phone, which is great. But I'm like, okay, I'm either going to freak myself out even more and not be able to breathe because I'm telling myself how am I going to be able to breathe. So I was like, just breathing. And it had only been a couple minutes. Well, it, the elevator drops down <gasps> a little bit. So it's in between oh, floors, oh, oh. okay? So I can see down to the next floor, <gasps> but the but I can't see the top. Uh, right, you know what right, I mean? Right, the doors right. are closed, right, right, but right. there's like a gap. <gasps> and I'm talking a gap like maybe three feet. Like I could definitely like slip through it if I, <gasps> if I wanted to. So the security guard, the doorman comes up on the floor where that's lower from yeah. where I am if I'm looking down. And he's like, I was coming to tell you, do not go through. Because he said, if for you were started to go through and it moved, your body would get cut, like oh basically cut in half. And I'm like, oh my God, I never, because you're, I'm so stressed and want to get out. I didn't even rationally, logically oh think like, God. you're correct. This just moved to give me that open. You're right. I could like be sliding down and it could move again. So he like ran up the stairs to meet because I guess he could see on the camera yeah, yeah, yeah. that it was open. Anyways, it was very dramatic and very very scary. But the then my, then my mind was like, oh my God, because I was definitely thinking I'm, I'm slipping out of here. Yeah, yeah. So then when that happened, it almost made it easier for the next hour and a half because I kept thinking, thank <gasps> God I didn't slip out. Half? Thank God I didn't go. Oh girl, it was so long. <gasps> Where'd you pee? But that was because, my question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Trust me, I had to pee. I had to eat. I had to call my mom. Oh my God, <laughs> my mom. <laughs> Like, mom, that's wild. Man. No, I, yeah. there's nothing scarier than being in an elevator and it being like claustrophobic and, and, and being stuck in it. And especially like, I think that what that elevator was very large for the Gossip Girl episode because at home elevators, even in New York are never that big. You know what? That's a good point. That was like the size of some people's apartment. Yeah, I was like, this in is New a York. very large elevator, like creating people like up and down right now. And also like, I, my thought was, are there stairs? Like, <laughs> right. Why didn't we use the oh stairs? You know, when the light starts flickering a little bit, you know, that's what I would do. Oh my God. Being stuck in an elevator sounds like a nightmare. I just can't even think about it. No. What about then? Okay. So they get out and everyone's not sweating anymore. Yeah. Everyone kept being like, I'm sweating. The dew on everyone's face. The best <laughs> is you know that makeup and hair was there like spritzing them with like a can and yeah. they were like, water okay, bottles. Water bottles. Okay, we're going to put some like really like shiny stuff on so it looks like sweat. Like that's what we're going to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. We got to start rolling right away, guys. Yep. Right away, Right away. Guys. Right away before it spray, dries. Spray, spray, spray. Yep. And on action. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> before it drips. And then all of a sudden it looks like someone's crying. Okay, cut, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. spray. <laughs> Can't be crying. Can't be crying right now. It's a blackout and they're sweating because it's New York in the summer. (laughs) So 
so they're on the roof deck, which again, this was a beautiful shot of Dan and Vanessa on the roof deck looking over. I actually, that, that like fully, when I saw that, I'm like, oh my God, I remember this night we had like blankets on our chairs, all of us. Was that a real apartment? Like what on the roof deck? It was a real roof deck. Yeah. Yep. It was awesome. And you guys also like, it's so funny because when I was thinking about that night and obviously, you know, this, um, Al, you guys, when it's not just obviously two of us up there, yeah. there was probably 200 people oh, between yeah. like the crafty and hair and makeup and all the camera guys. So it's like funny. It's such an intimate, small scene at night, you know, telling secrets. Yep. And meanwhile, it's like. And I bet it was cold and winter and you were like, that's what I always like try to. It rem- was definitely. Yeah. I can't remember if it was winter. I remember it was a little chilly because we had to have blankets on our like set chairs. Yeah. Because that's always what they end up doing. You always, when you're shooting a show, it's always supposed to be summertime, you know, in the movie and it's winter outside and freezing and you have heat packs like under your armpits, like under your boobs, like, you know what I mean? In the (laughs) underwear, anywhere that it could be hidden to keep you like warm. Totally. It's... (laughs) funny. You're like shaking the, it's like what you use to go skiing or snowboarding. You're shaking them, putting them in your boots. Exactly. Exactly. It's exactly that. (laughs) Then sometimes they get so hot. One time I'm like, I think it's burning my skin, you guys. I I have scars from them, but that's okay. Like it was worth it. (laughs) But you're warm. Yep. But you're warm. (laughs) At least you're warm. Um, Okay. So then when Dan says, who would I tell except everyone I ever met? Do you think that was like a little drop of- Like he's Gossip Girl? I'm Gossip Girl. (laughs) Letting Um, like people know. Well, you know what's so funny? I always thought that he was Gossip Girl from the beginning. Like, that was always just my theory. Like, yeah, I always just thought that would be writing-wise the best way for them to go. And I was like, wow, I should be a writer. Like, afterwards, like, who, you know? Um, But yes, (laughs) I don't, I think maybe it was a drop, but maybe it also was just like, him trying to be funny. You know what I mean? I right. don't know. Right. But I but I wonder, I mean, that's a question I think for the writers, right? Did they drop a lot of things in, like a lot of hints? Yeah. You know what's interesting? I don't even think I asked. That's a very good question to go back and ask them because I don't know that they knew the whole time they were going to give it to Dan. Yeah, I'm you know sure what I mean? not. I'm sure it changed like every season. It could have been. Yeah. Yeah, or it changed every season or they were like, we're going to give drops to a couple different people to like leave little like, you know, Easter eggs like everywhere. Yeah. You know, something like that. Like, is that the word? Um, but, yeah. but I think that now looking back at it, I'm like, wow, you're such an asshole. Like you posted a picture, like now knowing he's Gossip Girl, like a picture of you and like, like Serena, Serena back together making out like and then I'm like what kind of guy does that that is so weird right. like you know when you really think back of these things you're just like wow I can't believe that you did that you know right but no I I, I wonder I, I think that would be really it would be very clever and I'm sure that they gave a lot of easter eggs to a few people that they had some idea of who maybe gossip girl at the end or maybe they knew the whole time which would be really cool yeah I'm gonna literally call them after and be like did you really know the yeah. whole time or was it just kind of season to season yeah and they I what they didn't do though is they did not let any of us know until the very end. Well, because I remember you went back to shoot the the final episode, right? The finale. You, the, right. You got like a phone call or something and you're like, oh my God, that's a gossip yes. And I remember when you were doing that and you were like, we literally don't know anything. Like they haven't told. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what was, I we knew that it was going to be the reveal and it was the finale, but we they wouldn't tell us who it was. I don't, it might've been the night before the day we got there, but you know what's, a fun fact is the scene where I shot that looking at the phone of the reveal of Gossip Girl to Vanessa was in Pretty Little Liars Kitchen. And I, what? I got to the set. I'm like, this is so cute. What no. set is this? And they're like, Pretty Little Liars. Oh, my gosh. So you did yeah. this in L.A.? Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. 
Oh my so God. I just went to the I went to the lot and yeah, and I had um we obviously know a couple of people on that show, yeah. but I had not really like seen it or I wouldn't have like recognized yeah but it, Vanessa was so could have been anywhere they were oh like gosh, it, we can just do so it in LA funny. she can kind of be anywhere I'm like well where is Vanessa actually yeah. like where did you put her where did she end up do you know <laughs> is where- she in Barcelona yeah is she in Barcelona I feel like she's in Europe I think she's in Wisconsin I don't know why you do <laughs> no, Vanessa's kidding. just chilling in Wisconsin <laughs> oh my god Barcelona would be funny. really cool I like that yeah that feels right I d- it kind of does speaking of Vanessa her dialogue, for some reason, a lot of roles that I get, my dialogue's always very wordy and very wordy. A lot of it's a lot. But I was thinking about you on Big Bang Theory. Yeah, that's like very wordy too. How was that working with those? I mean, that, yeah. Oh my god, that was that was a lot. Well, you've done sitcom before, so you you know obviously not like you, but not you've like done you. it. And by the way, once any, or twice, a couple times. Yes. Yeah. And I really need everyone to hear this. Comedy is a different beast. Yeah. And for those that can do sitcoms, multi-cam comedy, they should get an award for being an actor that can do a lot more. It's a different thing. Like it is a whole different beast. Yeah. It's like a play. I mean, the way that it- and, and, but then even, and then even still more different in a, in a certain way, because it's not just the timing and the technical things and all of that. It's the way you have to be with the words and kind of a lot of times married to them because of the way the jokes are written, yep. not on every show, obviously. But anyways, Al's very good at it. And oh. it's, really, really not easy to do at all. Not that we want to be, have things be easy, but it's more difficult. I think when you watch it as a fan or a viewer, any comedy show, like yeah. especially multi-camp, it's, it comes across so beep, 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 you know. It's so light. Do, do, do it's joke. Like, oh, it's easy. Yeah. It does Yes. And it's easy. really actually not. It's not. It's really hard. And I think that, you know, it's really fun because you get to do it in front of a live audience. So that's kind of why it's like a play, you know, because you're performing yes, it yes. and it's like you work the entire week to get there. But let me tell you, like on Big Bang Theory, among other sitcoms that I've done, like same with Two and a Half Men, Two and a Half Men was a great example of one where the joke just didn't land. And I thought it was funny. The writers thought it was funny. Like everyone thought mm-hmm. it was great. And it just, this was on Two and a Half Men, I remember. And Ashton, it was when Ashton Kutcher was on it. Um, he, w- he had replaced Charlie Sheen. And he and John Cryer were trying to like work it out and, and figure it out. And they're like, we have two minutes. And the writers all gathered together and they wrote something down really quickly and they wrote it on their hand. And they showed me their hand and they're like, this is the new joke. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And you literally have one second to read it, say it out loud, and then perform the joke and make it deliver because mm. they really depend on the live audience to see what, what hits and what doesn't. And so that's a lot of stress. And I, I know that a lot of actors go into auditions, like going back to auditions, for sitcoms where they kind of like to ad lib, right? Because usually when you're in a drama or a comedy of a movie or of a TV show, if it's a single camera, they're usually really comfortable in allowing you to do improv, allowing you to go on. But when you do a sitcom, it is, you cannot mess up it, the, a, and, and, you know, (laughs) of, you can't replace one word because it's almost very mathematical the way that they have it set up. And, you know, a lot of people you hear in auditions and they like make their own stuff. And I was, and you go, God, they're just not going to get it because these writers are so specific about how their writing is, is how the joke lands, you know, and it's, it's, it's mathematical. Right. So it, it's a lot of work and it's, it's hard, but it's the most rewarding to me. Like I just have yeah. the best time doing it. Okay. So 
I just was thinking when we were talking about Vanessa that there, there was a lot of times the way she the said wordiness, stuff. I'm like, why yeah. did she talk like that? Yeah, but that's I, I book a lot of roles that way, yep. which is great. It's fun. Yep. I learn a lot. Yep. <laughs> okay, so let's wrap it up. There was a blackout. There's lots of drama going on. Um, Vanessa's heartbroken. Dan and Serena are on, off, on, off, on, off. <laughs> he definitely broke a rib. Definitely broke a rib, <laughs> and they're definitely off for the moment. Till next episode. Yes. Till next episode. So, I mean, how fun. <laughs> and this is how, I mean, do you feel like Marcus stays around for a lot, much more? I don't more? remember what happened, but I would. I don't remember either. I don't remember. I Like, I was going to continue watching it, honestly, because I was like, I forgot about but his character. But there's like a big, yeah. Oh, by the way, what's funny is he's like American from Florida and he's doing this accent. What? And then, Yeah. He went to Juilliard. I was like, because I was listening to it again, like doing these rewatches. And I'm like, he's like really good at the accent. And by the way, that's another thing, you guys. Oh, I like he looks English. Accents are not easy to do. He kind of does. Um, I mean, not easy to do. I feel like if you get a good dialect coach for some people and some people can hear it and pick it up like right away, like when Ed does Chuck, he he literally is talking in his British accent and then drops it when they say action. But I found it. I, I don't understand Ed's accent is perfect to me because I never knew that he was British until I met him. Right. Years, 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 years later. I really right. didn't. I never knew that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I just thought he had a really cool like voice of this like this like kind of broody moment that he had going on. So I was shocked yeah. when it turned out British. I was like, oh, well. Yeah. And I'm shocked about this other guy, Marcus. Right. But And I thought when they would be in scenes together, how interesting to flip accents. You know what I mean? Because I also don't think a British accent is, I think it's, a you know, to get it completely right. And, and, and you guys, there's not like, when you're from the UK, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you do a Southern accent, there's a Texas twang. There's one from Louisiana. There's one from Florida. So in the UK, there's so many different accents. So it's not just, you just put on a British. There's very different, you know? So I, I found that he, he like really killed that. Yeah. No, so different. So different. No, I loved, I loved it. I I hope she doesn't stay with Marcus. I mean, I know how it ends, but but I'm kind of (laughs) like, I'm yeah. like, Marcus doesn't satisfy her. So, right. you know, unless She's Marcus like, all of a sudden alive. is like, I'm going to make you feel, yeah, I'm going to make you feel alive and makes her feel alive. Yeah. But I'm going to watch. Yes, yes, girl, we have to. Um, okay, so this is how Gossip Girl ends the episode. Love may fade with a season, but some friendships are year round, like you and me. You know you love me. XOXO, Gossip Girl. Did you ever know Kristen Bell when she was doing the voice? Like, no. did you guys ever meet her? We had never met during the show at all. Oh my gosh, Which I think funny. is funny, but I, this is also something we've talked about before. You could be on a show or do a movie as well, you know. Oh, and never know. And no. never work with some of the people at all. Did you ever meet her eventually? Uh, down the down the road, yes. And it's like very randomly. sweet and yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. But the reason why I asked about Kristen Bell, because I know that she's doing the new one, right? Mm-hmm. She's the voice in the new yep. one as well. And she was another audition that I, I was up for Veronica Mars. And that was the one that got away. It was between she and I. And I was, I think I, I had, didn't have a license yet. My mom drove me to the audition. And it was between the two of us testing. And I was like. Yeah, but you know, so again, broken. again, like. I was so young. Yeah, you guys look like two like totally different ages, not even close to the same age. You know what I mean? They would have had to really change a lot of stuff for that. But I'm sure you obviously that's the thing when you're getting down to two and three people and testing and going back and back and back. It's it's not about like your performance and things like that. There, it's the 900 other things that I'm like 
that you don't know about until you really understand the industry. Exactly. <laughs> no, I always thought that she was going to end up being Gossip Girl and she was going to come on as herself. Like, I thought that would be another option. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Of like her actually physically, like a physical form, not just the voice. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Like, but um, okay, before we sign off, I want you to just quick, not quick, <laughs> we can talk for however long, but I just want you to tell everyone about Emotional. And when you guys also look it up, it's so like cute with how she does it because it's emotion and then the capital A-L, like Al, her yeah. name. So it was very creative yeah. and cute. But I'm learning um, in the last, you know, five to seven years or so from family or friends, um, learning more, I should say, that there's just mental health all around us all the time. And for people that aren't as informed with not, I don't want to say issues, is. but with what it is or what but it is, but, you yeah. know, but what, what the story is. Yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah. it's important to like raise awareness and have these conversations because for those of you that aren't very informed, once you do take a beat or go and listen to her podcast or hear some of these stories on, uh, don't mind me on, and Machen, Catherine Beaton's, um, and her daughter's yeah. podcast, you, it really opens your eyes to how this can affect a people's whole new lives. World. Yes. So yeah, I just want, it's been a secret. yeah, I just want Al to like explain, you know, why yeah. she did this, what sh her goal is. And you all really need to, um, should go and have a listen because it's very, and, and obviously you heard her here. She's fun to listen to and she keeps it real and that's what's up. I swear a lot more on my show. So if you want that, <laughs> that, definitely come over my way. It's I'm a dirty bird. No, but you know, thank you for for allowing me to have this platform to share this. You know, I think it's really important. There's so many stigmas behind mental health. You know, I live with bipolar one disorder and I was told I was diagnosed right after Caprica when I was about 21, 22 from an acupuncturist, actually. But I was told, you know, through people in the industry and producers and, you know, people who represented me, you know, don't talk about it because you don't want to be labeled as a diva or difficult. And this was the times of, you know, I, I'm not throwing her under the bus, but just saying the Lindsay Lohan of not showing up to set, you know, coming late and doing all the stuff. And I'm like, that's a totally different scenario. You're dealing with someone with mental illness and then someone who just doesn't want to show up on time. You can't, can't there needs it. to be a way where we can separate this. Yeah. And so, but I did, I kept my mouth shut. I didn't talk about it. And then I went to one of these conventions that you, you know, go to like with Orville and stuff. And I was really uncomfortable and I had nothing to say. And I was on a panel and I was just me alone. And I was like, um, I, I live with bipolar disorder. Does anyone want to talk about mental health? And a line of people came mm. up and started to ask questions. I just got like full chills all the way down my body. Yeah. I mean, it was chills and, and a, a beautiful woman came up to me afterwards and uh, she came up and, and you know, she showed me, you know, scars and, and you know, things of, that she did to self-harm and, and stuff like this. And she said, I never knew that someone on TV could experience frustration and mania the same way that I did in depression and anxiety. And to know that I'm not alone, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, thank you, because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have started the podcast. Um, and that's kind Aww. of what I, I, I try to share with people is, you know, a story uh, is so important and yes. you don't know who it's going to affect. And that's why when I have guests on the show, it's not people that per se have an unquote mental illness. It's we all deal with our mental health and we've been dealing with it even more so because of COVID, of loneliness, of losing people in our life, 
of, you know, money issues, all sorts of things. And so it's just destigmatizing it and making it normal and bringing a lightness to it and bringing like a little dirty comedy. So it's a little bit of Howard right. Stern, you know, it's a little naughty like that. <laughs> um, but it's Love also it. really just sharing a story to know that you're not alone because we are not alone. And, um, right. you know, we're just trying to get through this day together. So if you want to laugh, come on by to Emotional Support. It's a good time. Yes. Oh, that warms my heart so much. I want to hug you. Oh. Um, I also just like, this was so fun, girl. You're, you're like, anytime. This is how I she is blast. in person, you guys, too. She's very like <laughs> contagious. Like when you're around her in person, you want to like keep laughing with her and doing all the things. So, well, I will, we'll be catching up very soon. I can't yeah. wait for everyone to hear this episode and come yes. over to your podcast and hear yes. all the things. And um, I love you and I, I miss you. you. And oh, I miss you. Yes. Oh, we'll talk soon. This was awesome. Hug. Yes. I know. (laughs) (laughs) My girl, Al, ladies and gentlemen, listen to her awesome podcast, Emotional Support, for her really funny and real takes on mental health issues. And next week, we'll be doing a mailbag episode, taking your burning gossip girl questions and answering them right here on the podcast. Tell us everything you want to know by dropping a comment on Instagram. I'm at Jessica Zor. And I'll answer right back here next week. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review. Until next time, XOXO. XOXO is produced by Propagate Content and me, Jessica Zor. Our show is executive produced by Ling Lee. Our producers are Diego Tapia, Kristen Vermilia, Emily Carr, and Hannah Harris. Original music by Moxie and Loon. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky.